Welcome to the SAMA Podcast, where we talk to the most experienced people in B2B to find answers to one simple question. How can you become and remain essential to your strategic customers? Tune in as our guests reveal what it takes to become the supplier they cannot afford to lose. Learn how to level up your account management strategies to promptly deliver speed, convenience, and success to each customer. Let's jump into the discussion right now with Denise Fryer and Harvey Dunham. So welcome back to the SAMA podcast. It's a pleasure to have you join us today. Allow me to introduce you to Prajwal Gatala, the founder and CEO of Business Brains. Welcome, Praj. Thank you, Harvey. Thank you for having me in your show. It's a pleasure. You have such an interesting background. I can't wait to have you share with the audience what you've already shared with me. So let's jump right into it and get into the conversation. Can you mm-hmm. please share your personal and your professional journey that's led you to found and, and create a business like Business Brains? Wow, that's an interesting question, just trying to merge the personal and professional. <laughs> Usually, I don't do it this way, but then I'm brought up in a tiny country called Nepal, and I went to school and did my you know 12 years of schooling over here in Kathmandu, the capital city of Nepal. Over the last couple of years, I was fortunate to be able to work with a couple of large companies and around the globe. I've been primarily working in the sales and marketing space, but for the last 15 15 years, I got to work with a company called BT Global Services and got to work for another big one, the Aon, but I've also worked in hospitality industry and I've had other short-term associations as well. So that's kind of just a personal professional intro around me, trying to link to your audience as the last 15 years, what I have been doing is primarily sitting in between the marketing guys and sales guys and a lot of times account management and key account managers or key account marketing and so many other classifications that we have within them. But broadly, what I have been doing is doing a lot of intel and insight work and going through a lot of information, distilling that into insight and then passing on to the right folks about the target industry or target account or ongoing customer or a key decision maker or personas or competitive intel or just basically within the same space. And that's the exact space that I add value. Business Brains, the company that I founded, does exactly that as a service to companies that sell into relatively larger enterprise size organizations. Fantastic. I feel like we found a new friend. You know, it's so important. Insights for strategic account management is everything, really. That's where it all begins. That's where you take a relationship from a transactional relationship to a strategic partnership or relationships. It's so great to talk to someone who focuses in that area. And before we get into the strategic account management more, just one more question, because, you know, I don't get a chance to, I think you're the first person I've ever spoken with from Nepal. And (laughs) So possibly you returned to Nepal to found your business and you have some professional and some personal reasons for doing it. I just wonder if you could share a little bit about what made you go home. Oh, yeah, sure. So before I decided to come back to Nepal, in most of the cases, including mine, there's always a woman involved. I'll keep that in mind for now. That was not the major cause, but one of them. Before I decided to come back, I was really on the other side of the lake that you can see from your window, really, in Chicago. And I 
I used to work on predominantly on the competitive inside and competitive Intel and some large customer insight. And by then I had already been out and about for, for about like a decade or so. And then what I realized was that I could clearly see the path ahead of me for the next 5, 10, 15 years. And that's how mostly people tend to live in the very urban settings, right? I'm from Nepal, so I would obviously be an immigrant over there and how the immigrant hostel and everything. So I would have probably bought a house in the suburbs, been paying mortgage of 30 years, been changing a car, Toyota or Honda, you know it. And then for the next 10, 15, 20 years, lived a very predictable life. I could say on a Wednesday morning at 7.35 a.m. after seven years, I will be taking this train to here, you know? <laughs> and then I thought to myself, life has to have a little more than just that. And I decided to come back to Nepal. And the personal, the woman side of it is that I was already engaged and I was due to get married in a couple of months. So then I really had to take a call. Do I get married and go to the U.S. and decide to stay there for foreseeable future? Or do I give it a shot and try to build, take my skills, scale it and take it to international markets? And that was really kind of what triggered. And that's where it is. And long story short, it's been almost nine years now that I've been back. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, good for you. It's a great story. I love to hear it. So yeah, and we can dive into that later. But then in the last nine years, on a personal front, I've been able to mentor a couple of startups. Angel invested into two, three. There's something called Impact Hub Kathmandu. I sit on the board of that. I sit on the mentoring board of two, three, four entrepreneurship-based organizations. And I get to chat with great people like you sitting in Nepal. And all thanks to technology and internet, it's a connected world now. And post-COVID, all of us are absolutely comfortable working remote as well. So yeah. It's amazing. That's great. So, you know, getting down to the business end of things, you know, how do you help companies execute, I would say, the art and science of strategic account management? You clearly understand the topic and, and the challenges. So just wondering what you're finding that strategic account managers really need and what gaps you can fill for them. Let me try to give you a very simple answer first and then try to dive deeper in there. So a lot of times what happens is all these strategic account managers or people in the same organization within companies, they do not necessarily know the accounts to the extent that they wished they knew. And all of them do not necessarily have the kind of support that they always wished they had. So what we do is if all these strategic account managers had access to someone who is a business school graduate, who has some industry experience, but who could only sit inside a meeting room with a powerful internet and a laptop. But that person could really significantly help the account managers. What would that look like? Or what would that kind of support look like? Kind of, that's the model, I would say that the way we would help. But getting to the slightly more details, usually strategic account managers are responsible for maintaining and growing accounts that are pretty large, but are significant value to the business. And somehow, because of the glory that the marketing and sales carries, the strategic account management as a function doesn't get as much of budget and gets a little shadowed as compared to the glorified new business acquisition and everything, right? But on the buying side, what happens is, at least today, is 
time and age, most of the companies want to first test and then they slowly, once they trust, they slowly want to continue to buy more from the same company. So there's clearly a slight disequilibrium, so to say. And what we do is with the right insight, we try to bridge that gap. So all these strategic account managers, we in the background to enable them understand what are the strategic priorities of the large customers that they're managing relationship? What are the projects by reach? This is what they're doing in North America versus this is what they're doing in Europe versus this is what they're doing in APAC. We try to give them a lens of their own, meaning if it's a technology company, then we try to also keep them abreast about what's happening. What are the broader IT strategy that your account is going through? And then we also do a lot of research on what are the pain points that they're facing with? What are the pain points that the key decision makers are collectively and individually facing with. And we also, a lot of times, they do not necessarily know the entire buying organization or decision makers and influencers. And we help them gain overview into them as well. And so broadly, that would be at an account level. But in addition to that, whenever needed, we also educate them about what's happening in the industry, but from their lens, what's happening in the competitive landscape, but from their lens. So everything that we do is bespoke, trying to cater to that particular account manager who is looking at a handful of accounts that they need to really grow within. Nice. That's amazing. I wish I had met you about 25 years ago. <laughs> really made life a whole lot easier. I didn't. We didn't have that capability and it would have helped a lot. You know, the, uh, you know many of the companies that we see here at SAMA and, and, you know, being the Strategic Account Management Association, we see quite a few. Expect the SAMs to do this work, find the insights. And I'm just curious what your experience has been, where can the SAM find their own insights? Do they have the time and the patience and the skills to do the work? Or is it really so specialized? You're better off going with someone who's really been trained and, and you know, that's what you do. Well, we're definitely not trying to send a rocket to Mars. We've left that to Musk to do it. But <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to account managers, a lot of things that we do, I think more than 50-60%, probably the account managers can do themselves. But then again, the account managers, if they were doing the same thing that we do, would that be the best use of their time? That's one. Another, are the account managers going to be measured by their ability to do research or or would the account managers be better off if there was someone else who could do the research, who has the expertise of doing research, and going through the entire information that's available, turning that into insight that's actionable for the account managers. And then with that insight, the account managers can now are empowered with the right insight. And now they will be measured against their ability to maintain and grow the accounts. And that would be what they are going to be measured to do. In today's context, most of the large organizations, it's not about the access to what they have. You know, if you talk about technology companies and the size that, you know, I'm sure Sama works with, all of them probably would have access to the gardeners and the foresters and the, the, the resources of the world. But then, so does your competition A, so does your competition B, so does your competition C. In all possibilities, they would be targeting other players, if not the one that you've already won, but their competition at the same time, right? So they're clearly selling in the same 
industry or vertical and the geography. So then what's going to really make a difference is how can your people leverage what you already have access to versus what your competition has access to? And how can you contextualize that to your business scenario, to your proposition, map it with the accounts that you need to, you're already working with, you want to grow and manage, and then take it from there and make your customers feel like that you really know their priorities, you really know their challenges, and you've done the background research. So talk about personalization or customization and this and all these jargons that we can go after. But fundamentally, it boils down to actually making your customer understand that you know their priorities, you know their challenges, and you are bringing the right solution on the table. And your intention is to actually solve their problem and start that from trust, which is kind of really the crux of most of the business, I would say. Right. And coming to the business side of things, we do it far more better because we have the experience. We are a research and insight company and way more efficient can have the experience and the expertise to cater to the account managers so that they can spend their energy on what they're going to be measured to do. Right. Very interesting. Like I say, I'm still, <laughs> now I wish I would have met you 35 years ago. <laughs> right when I was first beginning. Wow. Yeah. I would have been very young, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at the time and I, I can tell you, it took me a long time to learn what was right, what good looked like. But you know, the it, impact you can, you're creating now and look, I'm pretty intrigued and excited by the kind of impact that you and I could potentially work together because had you met with me 35 years earlier, and even if I had the capability, I would have probably been able to help you with one organization. But look at the impact that now we can create in the next couple of years. Amazing. It is incredible. Things have exploded. You know, something I was really interested when you first introduced yourself, you stated that you sit, I would say, at the intersection of account management or strategic account management, key account management, whatever the company calls it. It made me think about something that's really been very public in the last year or two. I would say it's the emergence of account-based marketing. And so I noticed that on your website that you mentioned account-based marketeers as being customers as well as Sam. And in my mind, in account-based marketeers, it's a developing area, it seems to me, at least. And I wasn't really sure if account-based marketeers were the ones to get the insights themselves, or they're actually working with you to get the insights and then helping the strategic account manager those insights into practice. I think account-based marketing is not something very, very near. Fundamentally, it's always been common sense. If these 10 customers are going to to give you a humongous amount of revenue. And even if you win two out of those 10 or three out of those 10, which is a logical number that your sales marketing team has been churning, then it makes sense to pay special attention and maintain special focus on these 10 accounts for the rest of the quarter or the next two, three, four quarters or whatever. Now, with emergence of technology and our ability to track and measure right from email opens to now far more sophisticated tools, that has really given marketeers the tools and technology to really be laser focused and really maintain that focus and measure the progress right up until the sale closes or reach a level where you can conclude if it's happening or not. And that's what it really is. And that's what account-based marketing really is, right? And whenever it is that these are, you know, the stakes are high, it makes very much natural sense for marketing 
marketing and sales guys to work together closely on. And the intersection that would be is that most of the companies right now do not necessarily go and sign up a multi, multi-million dollar deal. But then most of the companies, many of the companies that I know have a conscious land and expand as a strategic focus. And now once that becomes an account that you need to manage and continue to grow. So from that realm and primarily as a team that enables or empowers the marketing and sales and account managers with bespoke insight that they need or the list of questions that they ideally had answers to, we try to find answers to so that they can be they can become better and their likelihood to win in whatever, however they measure their win. That's how we tend to function. So that's where the intersection of marketing and sales would lie. You know, let's take a typical example of a very large account. Let's say Amazon, for example. Everyone would want to sell into that or Unilever would want to sell into that, right? So if you've just landed a Unilever and you're selling a technology solution or to Amazon, you would definitely want to know what are their priorities. But what does that priority translate into for your particular solution or the solutions that you want to focus in the next one to two to three years? And how does that translate within that organization in by division? Because these are very, very large organizations. So that is going to be very, very handy for marketing guys, as well as for sales guys, as well as for account manager guys. Meaning, and we add insight about industry and insight about competition. And the marketing guys really are armed with the right insight to make sure that they create content that has the highest likelihood of resonating with the exact person who is going to influence or make decision. And you can meet the multitude of decision influencers where they are. Meaning, if you know that they are facing a challenge or they really have a growth agenda in APAC, right? That means your marketing guy now knows if I'm sending some sort of a content targeting the procurement guys, I need to connect what procurement guys face challenges with, with what challenges and priorities this company has, and how can we solve that problem for the procurement guy. But whereas if you're going to you know, send the specific targeted content for the finance team, you'll have like a different approach. Similarly with the IT guys and the you know network security guys and the CFO who is going to look at numbers from, from, from the lens of numbers and efficiency, and right up until the CEO who is going to look at it from a strategic strategic focus, and then you might want to connect your solutions at that strategic level. So meeting the decision influencers where they are with your solution and about their knowledge, that's how we would function. But that's how we connect the dots between the account managers and marketing and sales guys. I'm sorry, I went round and round, I guess. I just wanted to make sure that I'm connecting all the dots. No, it, it really makes sense. I mean, I'm sitting here, a picture's coming to my mind of totally focusing on the customer first and knowing where the mm-hmm. customer is going. And that would be your team. And then you pass that to marketing. And what marketing needs to do is figure out how can we as a company, along with the SAM, do something about, you know, the customer is going to have many, many things on their agenda, many, many priorities, many tactics, many things that they need to do. We as a company then need to figure out how can we bring value to the customer. And I can really see that, you know, especially in in the way companies are evolving these days and many, many new things, goods and features and all are coming onto the market. Marketing's got a critical role there. They know what's coming out of the product pipeline. They know what new products are going to be introduced. They know where the Sam's company is going. And the Sam probably doesn't know that. At least the companies I've been involved with, usually Sam's don't get to talk to the research and development 
development people too much. It's the marketing is that interface. So they've got to marry where the customer's going, what's coming out of our product pipeline, and help the SAM then create the story. And then the, from there, the SAM sort of takes over and says, okay, this is who we need to meet with. But you're also doing it by persona, the different people, giving them insight into the key people you need to talk to and, and what they care about. So it, I can see the picture. It all makes sense to me. Yeah. And offline, what we've been seeing is that more and more of the ABM folks, they want really three things. They want what's happening in the industry merged with what's happening at the persona level, meaning, hey, what's happening in the automobile industry? And what's happening if you sell into the CIO organization, most of the insight that we find ourselves working on would be a combination of two or three, meaning first an industry, deep dive on the industry, more so, but from the lens or geographic lens, meaning if I'm going to, let's say, target the European, let's say the North American automobile industry, I'd want to know what's happening in the automobile industry globally, but more so in North America from the lens of the solution that I'm trying to sell. Combine that with the role of the CIO and CTO, because automobile industry is where the CIO and CTO, both the roles are heavily being influenced because the product itself, which is the car, is heavily tech integrated now, right? right? So yeah. that's what they want. So that would be, you know, picking up on the same line in the same example. So, yeah. So if you're going to target Ford as an example, right, you'd want to know what's happening in the automobile industry. But at the same time, you'd want to know what's happening with the role of a CIO and CTO in the automobile industry by and large, right? right. And what's that would be, and most of the ABM folks or the marketing and sales folks who are going to target Ford as an account, they would want us to do a very deep dive account intel on board as well. Now, that would be more so leveraged by the marketing and the sales guys, right? But once you've won the account, then with the account managers, what they do is they want a miniature version, let's say just a one-pager from us that we, we would constantly monitor forward from their lens and send them a fortnightly one-pager about, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's happening at Ford among the people within the industry and so forth among the competition. But also among the people that matter to you, this is what's happening. And we send that to the account managers. Right. So that's how from the initial phase with the account-based marketers or the marketing and the sales guys, it will trickle all the way down till the account managers. And that's where and when we could give consistent focus. So it's it's not just where they're headed this next year. It's not just what they're telling the investors, the ultimate customer. You're also watching to watch developments that are going to be relevant to the SAM and to the account-based marketeer and giving them this briefing document every couple of weeks to, and I say that to, for the folks that don't know Fortnightly, that I throw in every two weeks. That Yeah, we tried that. So every week is a bit too frequent. Yeah. Every month turned out to be a bit too late because if something's happened at, let's say in the same example, something's happened at Ward in the first April, at least your account manager needs to know by the second week of April so that there's something that's got enough trust to it your account manager, you want your account manager to pick up the phone and call and say, hey, this is what Daimler is doing. Hey, this is what General Motors are doing. We could absolutely help you guys with this. And by the way, next month, we are doing this event where we're going to talk about this. This guy from your organization should be the right guy to attend. Should I send a pop? You want your account managers to do it. Yeah, it would require them to be everywhere all the time, 24-7 to handle yeah, it. So yeah, they don't have, clearly don't have the capacity to do 
that. And and there's also, I was thinking about this, the account-based marketeers and the SAMs face the same problem. These are huge companies, typically, to your point, you know, half a billion dollar companies and up. It doesn't have to be, but I mean, that very often that's the case. They're large companies. So there's a lot of things going on inside of these companies. And, you know, the employees, SAMs and account-based managers have to pay attention to all of that too. So there's a lot True. of noise. They're getting tremendous amounts of information and trying yep. to process everything and make it all fit. And it's nice to have a friend out there watching them while you're focused internally, trying to make things happen for your customer. Nice to have someone who's focused externally, doesn't necessarily get too distracted by what's happening internally. And you know, you're just keeping an eye on what's important. Yeah, we keep on joking within the team sometimes, just the extra pair of eyes and ears for our customers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. As a final question, I'm curious about best practice. What is the best way that you've seen companies generate these insights and how do you structure that? that you know, sort of who does what and what's the most cost-effective way, the smartest way to be able to get the insights to the right people when they need it, where they need it. How does how does that work from your perspective? Because we've been around for a while now. And before that, I used to kind of lead the insight function entirely. This might sound a little more like selling, but that's not really my intention. But just to get to the mechanics of it, we've kind of solved that equation for quite a few. We work with companies and we say we deliver insight as a service. And what we really do is we kind of have understood the kind of insight that the marketing and sales guys need, which is going to be industry, deep dive on the industry, deep dive on the target accounts and deep dive on the persona. And sometimes, not very many times, but just once usually in the beginning of the year, they want competitive intel as well, drawn on their competition, but from their lens. And that's what we would do. And all these things that we do is we take the very bespoke model to it, meaning with any and every new customer that we start working with, we work with them, we identify, we ask for ideal questions that they want answered for them to be successful. From that, we create a bespoke template that answers their questions that fits their bills. Right, And once that's done, we scale that across all the top 20, 50, 75 accounts that they want a deep dive drawn on, right? We take a similar approach to... and. Because we already have the experience, once we have the ideal questions, we kind of can figure out, okay, these are the kind of insight that they want. So then our approach would be, and we're a desk research company, right? So we have our own limitations as well. So we take our approach in terms of, can we answer that question directly? And in many cases, we in those cases that we cannot, we try to find secondary insight that can help them gauge what it could be like. Yeah? That would be when we're working with the marketing guys and the sales guys. Once things have moved a little further, the sales guys then really want, a lot of times, they either want a further deep dive only in a particular segment, meaning, hey, we have this guy from this particular division who heads this innovation unit. Can you find anything and everything around that? So we do a very laser-focused deep dive. And then they also want, hey, I'm meeting this one particular person who is the decision maker. And things have already moved. There's been some level of 
of traction within. And then they want us to deep dive on that particular executive, right? So then we really look at everything from that person's lens and figure out what his priorities are, what his challenges are, what are the projects that he's been running, what are his pet projects, what has his previous experience been in the last two or three roles? If he had been, let's say, on the if he's been a SAP shop guy, chances are that he might not be very comfortable going into an Oracle environment or something like that, just a very generic example. So that would be at the marketing guys and the sales guys and the account-based marketing guys. And once you call it relationship managers or account managers, even account managers and all, what we have seen is that all these insights that we deliver, once that reaches the account managers, the alignment between what marketing knows and new to close that account or to, to attract that account or to gain visibility and what sales need to move the needle further, the account managers now have access to that. And we work with account managers to deliver them some, we monitor those accounts and we consistently would then transfer the knowledge over to them. We usually, even in that case, we will create a bespoke one pager. And once we, we will do a couple of back and forths unless we have actually nailed it with them. And initially it's more of a partnership. And once that's done, it's kind of like you training us first and then we delivering value based upon the training that we have got because you have upskilled us to empower you. So that's how it works. But then I think, did I mention that it's kind of like aging of wine? The first batch might not be there yet, but from the second onwards, we'll do a pretty good job at it. (laughs) Well, in fact, what you're describing is you yourself and your company are practicing strategic account management for your customers. That's if I can put it in the, you're trying to find out where they're trying to go and what value they're trying to add to their customers, putting together a, isn't that necessarily a formula approach? It's a customer by customer. What do you need? How can we help you? When do you need it? What kind of information? Where are you focused? Dot, 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 dot. And over time, it gets even more and more refined and going from a a global point of view of what a huge multinational company is doing down to a conversation with a specific employee at a specific time and everything in between. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in our experience, we've seen a huge difference between how the technology companies leverage versus companies that do not, that are not in the tech space. Like we've, we've even helped a lubricant manufacturer get into a large manufacturing account. We have been an inside partner to a supply chain and logistic company. And because we, st- we take a, such a bespoke view, meaning we do research from their lens, right? right? Then we are able to figure out, okay, what is Unilever doing in their supply chain and logistics space versus what is Unilever doing from a cloud standpoint versus a network security standpoint? And yeah, it could be the same account at the end of the day. Amazing. Now I really wish I had you ever. And we would have to go back 40 years now. I wish I had met you 40 years ago. So it keeps going. I needed you right from the very first day, Pramesh. Well, <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. This has really been fantastic to know that you are there, and what you do and what kind of help you can give the strategic account management and account-based marketing community. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing. It's amazing that you can do it from Nepal. As you can work from anywhere these days, and that's a miracle in and of itself. So Yeah, yeah. usually you'll find me traveling through the world, meeting with customers, just that anchored myself in Nepal. So. And whenever you guys are coming down here, just let me know. I'll make sure you see places then you experience Nepal better. Oh, thank you. I'm intrigued. So and to your audience as well, and anyone from Sana for, 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 for that.
That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your incredible journey, your learning, your entrepreneurial spirit with our audience. As a final question, is there a good way for people to contact you directly, Praj? Yeah, sure. My contact details are pretty public. My first name, P-R-A-J-W-A-L at businessbrains with a Z in the end dot com. Or a couple of, there, there are a lot of example reports that are available on our website as well on the report section, businessbrains. Com. Yeah, and just shoot me an email. I'd love to. And, and if someone can just refer to this conversation, I think I would love to learn more and interact. Definitely. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me on, on your show. We've had a very interesting conversation with you. The pleasure. The, just amazing. Thanks for your time and best wishes for your continued success and your ongoing journey. Uh, thank you.